Hello, and welcome back to the Point and Laugh podcast with your hosts, Skylar and Kaylin. Yippee! Jazz um, hands, jazz hands. Jazz. <laughs> um, I think I already did that in an episode, actually. Um, drink of the day, we are throwing it back. Um, because I've done this before. Oh, um, or I did not, this on one of them. That's other. why we're throwing it back. I didn't mean like that. I meant like like we're doing a little throwback. Well, they should have said that before I was like throwing it back here. <laughs> what do we do with all this ass? Actually, that's <laughs> what that's so funny. Um, given the topic that I'm going to be discussing oh, today, sick. but more on that later. All that movement um, back there. <laughs> um, we're throwing it back with a little sand. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm doubling down. <laughs> With a little San Pellegrino. Um, and it Pellegrino. Is- Pellegrino. No, you got it. No. <laughs> but I don't. And what if I don't? <laughs> um, it is the blood orange, which is... Oof. The only God-fearing so flavor good. in my house. It's just so yummy. Uh, so refreshing. So... Mm. So... Mm-mm. Give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah, delicious. No, here's the thing. Not the, not the huff. Rainbow capitalism. Oh, it is that time. It is that, yeah. that time of year. So um, if you're unfamiliar with the phrase, um, or if you just haven't heard it enough, um, basically it's that rainbow capitalism is the critique that you have when, you know, Pride Month rolls around and you got every company from, you know, Ford to Glossier suddenly having a rainbow icon um, and being like, all right, for Pride Month, we're announcing a, a whole new product, but it's just their usual products with rainbow slapped on them. Um, and uh, you'll buy it, won't you, gay? <laughs> and then the second it hits July, it's just all, like, with one click, like, eh. some people actually time it. Like, the second midnight hits, some, like, you know, uh, how big companies have, like, icons on Twitter. Like, the second it hits midnight on July, their rainbow is gone. And it's just, it seems very disingenuous. Um, and, yeah, it's just like, wow, you really just don't, give like one ounce of a shit longer than you have to um and in general it's just a lot of people protesting a lot of corporate involvement i know a lot like my hometown um like casey pride um a lot of the pride parade is now like um like corporations getting their own floats um and instead of um i don't know like important people i guess or just like Mm -hmm. regular people walking around a lot of times it's like um, you know, State Farm or like T-Mobile with their like gay flow. And it just kind of seemed like, what do you, hey, like how much do you really feel here? And like a lot of members of, you know, the LGBT community feel like Pride is no longer protest demonstration and it just be instead becoming like a tourist attraction, like mm-hmm. a tourist commodity. And like, yeah, it just kind of feels icky to be marketed to only during June. Um, and it just, feel so distant like you can see right through it and like nobody likes to feel pandered to and at most times the stuff that is available like for like you know rainbow capitalism for like rainbow washing aren't even things that like actual gay people want to have in their homes like usually they're like tacky or they're over the top and they're kind of hurt the eyes and really they're only for like allies or like parents of people that want to be supportive or like they'll buy it and like you know their gay kid at christmas will open up be like oh geez thank Thank you you. and they're like see it's because you're the gay one so i got you the gay blanket and then i got you the gay shoes and then you get the gay headband with the little like springies attached to the headband with like little like gay flags that bounce up and down you're like i can't wait to wear these well it's kind of like an ongoing or not even ongoing joke but i know a lot of like queer content creators will literally wait until like pride month and go through brands and like rate and review the different products that they have out specifically target because yeah. target just has like the worst like products they're they're just like they're so tacky they're yeah. so horrible and usually they're for like you know you can always clock a fresh gay yeah. from miles away because they they've spotted that hot new haircut and you can tell that they just like once you finally you know come to terms with yourself you just want to like plaster your 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 expression all over so you can always mm-hmm. like clock a fresh gay doesn't matter the age you're always just like, oh, you're new here. Good for you. Because they'll wear, like, the button-ups with, like, yeah. the billion flags on them. And they'll wear, like, the rainbow pants with the rainbow suspenders with the rainbow glasses and the rainbow fit. And they'll just be like, hi! And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't have to tell we me know. twice. Um, And, yeah, it can really suck when, like, you know, Svetka, like, the vodka bottles or any, like, alcohol brand. will be like, we love the gays. And it's like, yeah, I know. Gays, like, alcoholism is really strong. And, like, gay communities, we appreciate, like... 
But honestly, genuinely, I kind of miss the days when we were so spoiled by public support that we could be picky about rainbow capitalism. What do you mean? Um, so you mentioned the Target Pride collection. Yeah. No? What do you mean? Like, what's going on with it right now? Oh, no. News-wise? No, I'm not tuned in. Oh, damn. Well, unfortunately, two things. So one, this year was, you know, this is really unfortunate with what, you know, is going down right now, but this year actually Target had improved eons because Target made um, several efforts to hire queer artists to make it. So they have, like, mugs that say, like, gender fluid on them and, like, this fun font. And people are like, there's a shirt that says live, laugh, lesbian. My shirt that says sounds gay, I'm in. Like, I own it. I bought that. because And Target had it. Mm-hmm. They're like, they made an effort to actually contact, like, queer artists to design their own queer merch. We're like, okay, what will gay people actually buy? Because we're tired. We see the memes, too, you guys. Um, and unfortunately, Target and certain Targets have removed their pride collections um, because they've received death threats and pushback. Um, and I've actually pulled up an article from oh MSNBC. Um, the headline is conservatives are making pride merch toxic. Their real goal is much worse. Um, Target announced earlier this week. Yes. Yeah, so this came out May 27th. So yesterday. The, yep. Target announced earlier this week that the company was removing some LGBTQ themed items from shelves and moving displays intended to honor Pride Month to the back of the store in response to public backlash from the from the right. But what happened at Target goes far beyond some people just calling for a boycott. So um, essentially what is going on, especially on TikTok, is some people like see that because some Pride merch is targeted for like gay parents and so they'll have like little onesies with with rainbows on them or sometimes they'll have like swimsuits and on one swimsuit it said like tuck friendly mm-hmm. on like the bottom of it mm. um and so a lot of times there was this whole new trend of like conservatives like marching into target and basically being like look what they're doing to our boys like when the little boy and they're like this has glitter on it like this has a rainbow on it like there you can't buy a single masculine boy shirt at target anymore so it's horseshit. We all know that. Yeah. And sometimes they would even like, you know, take things from the adult section and then they would put that in the children's section and then just be like, look what I just found, guys. Like, and um, to the point where like, it's, it was the same thing with the Bud Light thing. Like people would come in, they would knock down the displays, they would um, threaten um, target employees or like either take this down or like I'm going to cause a scene. They would be like, you know, they would get death threats basically like if target doesn't take this down, like I'm going to bomb this target. I'm oh going to like... <clears throat> Yeah. As Target explained in a statement, some customers had knocked down Pride displays at stores while others, outraged by Pride-themed merchandise, angrily approached workers as well as posted threatening videos on social media. Target has been celebrating Pride Month for a decade, but as the company noted, quote, since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work, end quote. These physical threats of violence are deeply alarming, but not that surprising. They are the expected and even intended result of the concerted campaign by both GOP elected officials and leading conservative voices to make all things LGBTQ related toxic. They also strive and strike a nerve for other communities such as my, and the author goes in my own Muslim American community whose members have experienced the wrath and concerted attacks from conservatives with similar objectives to alienate, make toxic and further marginalized from mainstream society in the past. And for those who doubly identify as LGBTQ and Muslim, this new method of attack is a sore reminder of the harm that this relentless conservative effort to marginalize them is capable of. Uh, Matt Walsh, <clears throat> meet me outside in the parking lot. I will shove a broomstick down your throat and I will ride you like a witch into the sunset of fire. It's quote, and I just came up with that. The, go- <laughs> um, the goal is to make pride toxic for brands, wrote right-wing commentator Matt Walsh on Twitter. That sentiment was reiterated by conservative outlet Daily Wire commentator Micro Knowles, who urges listeners to make that symbol toxic, the pride flag symbol. We need to make that toxic. 2024 GOP presidential candidate uh vivek ramaswamy okay slammed target while on fox news choosing to spit in the face of conservatives declaring that target just put a target on its back from its base of consumers conservative radio host charlie kirk declared on his show the same day target announced that some employees had been threatened the only thing that they understand is force they presumably meeting proponents of the lgbtq representation kirk urged his audience to inflict financial pain on target by pushing to bankrupt the conglomerate saying pain is a teacher and the pain of crossing the line to perverting our children and grooming them it's going to be a lesson i hope corporate america watches because ordinary america is pushing back 
GOP state legislators in 2023 announced a record number of bills designed to otherwise the LGBTQ community, according to the ACLU. The legislation proposed and enacted ranges from bans on gender-affirming care for transgender teenagers to banning books that address LGBTQ issues to rolling back non-discrimination laws by allowing employers, businesses, and even hospitals to turn away LGBTQ people or refuse them equal treatment. <clears throat> so that came earlier this week but basically target was like we give we give in like you know we are officially either going to put the to the back of the store or we're going to remove them entirely and people mm-hmm. were like that is not what you do um essentially if you're getting death threats and like on the one hand i appreciate that target is, seems like they're actually putting like the safety of their employers or employees mm-hmm. um in in mind and considering but also it's like so they announced that the target was like guys we hear you loud and clear unfortunately like a couple like a week before pride month like we are going to remove or scale back or you know in some stores depending on your area remove it and conservatives didn't just go like all right thanks we'll calm down they went like all right more we have to keep doing guys this is working and it's like this is why you can't fucking cater to angry people um you know a lot of people on twitter basically being like um you know an onion headline basically like there's like target refuses to sell umbrellas because screaming maniac sopping wet from rain demands that umbrellas be taken down and it's like yeah and honestly that made me feel really bad i was in vegas with my family just the past weekend and my mom wore like a rainbow shirt where it just said like love is love in the corner mm-hmm. and at first i was just i saw that and i like my eye twitched a little bit and i'm just like all right that's fine and then she was walking and one of the the people like you know manning like the the gambling booths mm-hmm. like with the card and the the blackjack and all that like they're the dealers who are really kind of like they can be like jokey but they're really supposed to say whatever he like re- stepped out of his table and like approached my mom and was just like i'm so thank like thank you i really appreciate it and i'm like what has happened and so like and now i'm like i feel kind of feel like a bitch for complaining that much like do you remember like three years ago when we could just be like oh we get it rainbows are on everything i don't want to buy it and now just like wearing a rainbow is like a proud political uh-huh. statement where i'm like gone are the day we were so spoiled to be complaining about rainbow capitalism frankly and it's like what it was just a little tacky Mm -hmm. now now i kind of like want to buy all the things that just say like gay like i am gay congratulations gay it's like i will wear my gay shoes my mom got me gay shoes i will wear them they hurt a lot and they cut the fuck out of my feet but i'm using it as a metaphor pride is pain (laughs) i'm walking the footsteps of my sisters before me stay humble be gay you are gay you're gay (laughs) and it's just yeah it's just so many things now where i didn't realize that like yeah the phrase like we didn't know how good we had it seems like it's so hollow when i when someone goes when did we have it good wait when did we have it good but like it's just small things like i remember like when i was in college someone made like a i had a class like gay and lesbian studies i talked about falsettos and um someone made a whole presentation about like arguing against rainbow capitalism of like we don't need to give these corporations our money corporations don't belong in pride like we're not just commodities that you can use for your money and then discard when it's no longer useful for you all of which are fine and useful things and i remember being like yeah we don't need them and now i'm just like seeing these giant companies cater to like angry screaming people i'm just like oh it's gone damn it like when did this happen like it all seemed like it happened so fast and so much so fast um and yeah it's like now um like they're starting to roll out you know the 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 pride stuff like i know um ford just came out with basically which is like a pride happy commercial Mm -hmm. um and at the very least like sometimes if a giant corporation wants to do something for pride they will say like 20 percent of profits or like 100 percent of profits will go to charities and like Mm -hmm. that's nice you know like at the very least you're not just like slapping a rainbow one it's like give me your money um i mean they are but like at least some of that money is going to people who could actually use it and like yeah like uh the ford announced like they had like a little rainbow bumper sticker on like their ad and then Mm -hmm. they said something and then i don't even have to open the thread to know that people were like go woke go broke like and i did however see a quote on twitter that i'm it's from ari drennan i'm gonna i'm gonna quote it because again i love that twitter is so succinct and does my job for me where it's like as much as we love to roll our eyes at corporate pride campaigns they serve one vital purpose to remind bigots that they are out of touch and they are dwindling in number that they have zero cultural or market power and that their political influence will follow Mm -hmm. and that's the like kind of the only thing that i have to take away from this and like and it sucks because like target's such a large corporate like we we made fun of Target for years, and yeah. now it just kind of seems like they're leaving. It's like, no, no, wait, come back. Like, it was actually not that big of a deal. No, please, give me my live, left lesbian lo- shirt back. Like, I didn't realize that this was going to be something that was suddenly, like, a point of danger in, like, the past several months. And now I'm just like, I kind of miss rainbow capitalism. So, like, we're pre- every pride that I've been at, um, 
since I was a teenager, as I've always been like, oh, why is Team Mobile here? Like, mm-hmm. ugh, why the fuck is Sprint here? Like, oh my God, we get it, State Farm. You're going to insure us. You don't care about us. And, you know, like my little Tumblr, yeah. you know, hat. And I feel like now this year for Pride, I'm going to be like, oh my God, thank you guys so much. Like, you're putting so much on the fucking line for us. Like, I really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you extermination company for like really caring about like well i feel like that's the thing is it's like yeah like it might be a little cringy sometimes but when you have these giant mainstream corporations like supporting even a little bit yeah yeah like just just showing their support in this way and we it's funny because we kind of talked about this in I get last week's episode where we were talking about like, does the intent really matter if like you're still doing good? Um, and I, I feel similarly in this way where it's like, you, you know what? Even if target doesn't give a fuck about gay people, like when I, yeah, um, like by them having their pride collection, they are at least like showing that, that is the mainstream Mm -hmm. and that like this is something that is widely accepted in society and should be and that is something to be proud of and something to show off you know in in that way and it's like could they be doing that year round and not just like during the one month of the year yeah of course they could um but like by having these giant corporations like show their support it really does show like how far we have come. And it's exactly like you said, it shows the fucking bigots that like, no, you're the one who's out of touch. Like you're the one who has no fucking idea what's going on. And it's just so saddening because I think it felt like for at least a little bit, like obviously there are still instances that happen every single day and have happened every single day where where people show their hatred and, and are violent towards, um, you know, gay and queer individuals and trans mm-hmm. individuals. Like, Obviously, that still happens, but it did feel like at a certain point... We made it. Yeah. It was like, oh, we don't have to go back to, like, how it was. Like, you know, every, everyone is at least, like, somewhat tolerating of of it. And now it feels like we are truly just, like, reverting back to giving these people voices and giving in to their, you know, demands and their complaints. And But it... It's like it is a complicated situation because, like you said, like, I appreciate that Target is, you know, keeping in mind the safety of, like, the individual employees and, and you know, of, of, of those people. But at the same time, by pushing all that stuff to the back of the store or just, like, getting rid of it completely, you are proving how easily you were willing to bend mm-hmm. and how... M- it's really not that big of a priority for you. Um, And I don't want to say it's under the guise of like trying to keep your employees safe. Cause obviously like if threats are happening in specific stores and like they have to do what they have to do, like I get it, but there's also other ways that you could go about it. You know, like you could maybe hire more security or you could like, there are other things that you could do without completely removing it but it's it's a very complicated situation and like i don't have answers i'm gonna bring up heartstopper again yay because like um i don't know why this has to be it's uh heartstopper came out uh, on netflix around the same time that young royals did um and their loves it's it's kind of the same it's like one ginger boy one olive-skinned dark-haired boy and they are gay and in love and for some reason like people always want to pit them against each other and i'm mm-hmm. like no why why though but um so i've seen a lot of people basically being like heartstopper is like cringy and um like it's just too cringy like it's just too like it i can't i just can't deal with it and like i'm not saying that heartstopper has to be for everybody but like especially now where i'm just like fuck you like um having a show right now where everyone is just so unapologetically themselves and it is one of the few instances of actual genuine wholesome representation across everyone i'm not saying wholesome the way that a lot of tumblr people say where they're like oh my gosh like my gay babies don't have sex it's so wholesome i'm like no not that way god i hate all of you too (laughs) shut up but wholesome in the way that like none of them like 
I mean, Nick, I guess, kind of has his, like, journey where he does cry because he's just like, oh, my gosh, like, if I'm bi, then I might be the victim of a hate crime and, like, my life might get harder. But there's never, like, there's never drama around, like, oh, my gosh, my, I'm gay and, like, my life sucks. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just the, so much, like, the show that is nothing but queer joy in a time where, like, it's getting increasingly more and more dangerous to be any of these things. And I'm just like, why are you so against, like, unadulterated gay happiness? It's like, point me a time where you've seen this much gay happiness on display proudly in any other given show. We've had, and I've been in fandom for a while, you've had to pick and cherry pick and isolate certain elements and like make your own thing out of the scraps that we were given. And I'm just like, can't, yeah. It's like sometimes, and I say this all the time, like most things that are fun are cringy. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of can't be happy without being a little cringy and like yeah sometimes it's okay to like put on your like you know your internet sarcastic cap and basically be like i'm above the cringe but i'm like does that make you happier no Mm -hmm. most things that are like ubiquitous like happy and give people joy can come off as a little cringy so like don't like um what is it uh don't kill the part of you that is cringe kill the part of you that cringes Mm. and you'll have a better time yeah yeah and socrates said that yeah and and i i I do believe i do believe that's true so today i am going to be talking about plastic surgery um we have briefly touched on plastic surgery in our let me breathe grotesque in peace episode um which if you haven't listened to go listen to it Always it's be plugging. probably my favorite episode that we have done um and i'm not going to attempt to cover like plastic surgery as a whole in this episode that yeah, would like, be do you have three hours yeah that would be much much too much to uh to discuss it's you know an incredibly complicated topic and there's so many like subtopics with oh sorry little kitty is loafing underneath underneath the table underneath you too she's chosen you yeah I know I have little cat hairs all over my all <laughs> over my pants. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to attempt to cover it as a whole. Um, there are so many subtopics that are, I think, worth having a deeper conversation about. Um, but today I want to specifically talk about black market plastic surgery and the idea of medical tourism. I picked such a good day to wear Barbie earrings for the plastic surgery debate. Are you serious? Oh my god. This is perfect. And I'm talking about gay. Gay! What is happening? <laughs> I have like the perfect outfit for this, everyone. And you didn't even... Oh, perfect. Perfect. Oh, my brain. Um, so, in recent years, with the rise of curvaceous public figures like Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, and um, all of the Kardashians now, mm-hmm. um, the exaggerated hourglass figure has become one of the most desirable features for women to possess. Um, I do feel like I'm coming to this topic a little bit late just because now we are kind of seeing, unfortunately, the, the return, return of, of like heroin chic. Yeah, quote unquote heroin chic, um, where, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, Kim K like reversed her BBL. Um, so that is kind of coming back. But for the most part, I think like up until now, we've definitely seen the rise for like uh, the the most desirable body has been that exaggerated hourglass where you just have a ginormous ass, ginormous boobs, and like the tiniest little waist you could possibly see. Um, the body positivity movement elevated a lot of curvy women like Ashley Graham and um, I think it's Iskra or Iskra Lawrence, um, and of course notably left behind fat black women with less socially desirable shapes. Yeah, Lizzo had to basically reinvent her own body positive yeah. movement, which is why she's getting so much popularity for so many people because she's like this movement doesn't suit me i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to make my own Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well because it's like oh well you love these like curvy women who like still have flat stomachs and like might kind of have back rolls but like not really like they're still models and like like there there's just like such a specific idea of where the fat is supposed to be exactly exactly um and simultaneously i've noticed that there's been a rise in gym influencers um specifically like female gym influencers who advertise like their booty building fitness programs and it's become more um desirable than ever to be like a muscular women but of course you can't be too muscular because you don't want to look like a man it's fucking gross yeah so you have to focus all of your energy on building your glutes and your shoulders to help maintain the appearance of like a teeny tiny little waist um and this 
hourglass figure has become like the body to have and women go through great lengths to achieve it i cannot stress enough how my joke about how um muscular women are gross was such a exaggerate it was such a joke i absolutely do not listen if and listen please no listen to me it, listen god please i'm on my knees if any muscular women are out there my name is skylar daniels <laughs> your full name i live in <laughs> redacted redacted <laughs> find me find me call please god i'm on my knees i need you um (laughs) but of course this conversation can't be had without addressing the historical ostracization of black and brown women and oh my god i'm just fucking my words um black and brown women and their features um from curves to lips to nails to hair you know all of these features who which were and often still are referred to as ghetto or unclassy when they're on black women are celebrated and desired when appropriated by wealthy white women. Um, So in 2013, when Miley Cyrus was at the height of her like twerking phase, you would call it. um, Dark time. Dark time. Yeah. um, She performed at the VMAs uh, surrounded by curvy black female dancers um, and sociologist, professor, and author of Thick, Tressie McMillan Cottom, described the ass-slapping circus scene in Slate. Playing the desirability of Black female bodies as a wink-wink joke is a way of lifting up our deviant sexuality without lifting up Black women as equally desirable to white women. She's playing a type of Black female body as a joke to challenge her audience's perceptions of herself while leaving their perceptions of Black women's bodies firmly intact. It's a dance between performing sexual freedom and maintaining a hierarchy of female bodies from which white women benefit materially. Um, so I'm I'm just going to pull up a little clip of the VMA performance because... Oh, I don't want to see Robin Thicke. <laughs> it's just very... F- oh, I didn't bring my iPad. Um, yeah, can I borrow your phone real quick? Okay, here's the clip. I just want you to see something very specific this literally has nothing to do with the podcast i just think it's fucking hilarious okay here we go so we have miley cyrus who is very thin um and tall dancing not well and then here come the black dancers and then wait (laughs) will you describe will you describe to the audience So usually at every at every oh my god at every VMA show um, they always have to cut to the audience and like at every awards they do the same with the Tonys the Oscars like whatever they always cut to the audience and usually they're like clapping along they're singing along they have to pick like one audience and I could tell that maybe the cameraman was struggling because he just like did a wide cut of it was one direction in the audience and then oh my god Rihanna um who else Rihanna and <laughs> like. I don't recognize these two. No, I don't recognize them. It was, it was Rihanna, um, a very beautiful black woman, and another woman whose name I don't know in all of One Direction. Harry Styles' fucking face. Harry Styles. All of their faces. No one is smiling. They are, No, Harry Styles was like he just saw like someone shoot a dog. Niall looks like he just saw like his grandparents making out in front of him in an elevator. Louis looks like he like is like eyeing for the exit. Zayn is laughing, and Liam is looking right at the fucking camera. <laughs> Like, it's the episode of The Office. I have the link that brings you to, like, the exact timestamp that you need. You have to watch it for a couple seconds because you need the juxtaposition of Miley dancing and then their reactions because it's just so funny. Like, I audibly cackled. Like, I can't, like it's so fucking funny. So I'll link, like, the, the link that brings you to that that timestamp. Like, it's just the, the visible offense and, like, not even, like, and especially in Rihanna's face. Oh, yeah. She's everyone, disgusted. But just, like, the people behind them, too. They're all, like, going, like, you know, they're looking up at the stage, they're looking at the camera, they're, like, disassociating actively, and everyone's just like, oh, this one's gonna go in the, down in the history books, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just thought, I just thought that was a really, like, provoking quote about how in this specific instance like Miley is taking things like twerking and even her hairstyle and like little baby bantu buns yeah yeah like she she's very much like taking these things that were brought about by black women and then also like surrounding herself with like black dancers and it's just like a, a a very interesting dynamic um so 
Anyway, the desired body now is undoubtedly inspired by the natural curves of Black women, um, but it has transformed into something even more exaggerated than like a natural body. Um, senior editor at The Strategist, Crystal Martin, states, in reality, the BBL body isn't a prototypical Black women's body. It's a Frankenstein's monster created mostly by pop culture, social media, and the beauty industry. Yeah. And because of this, so many Black and brown women seek out BBLs to fit into this beauty standard that is, like, based on their body, but it's not. Like, it's not. It has to be something more. It has to be even more exaggerated because it has to be impossible to naturally achieve. Yeah. Um, so... I watched a really great um, episode. I think it's like 50 minutes long. Um, journalist uh, Mariana Van Zeller has a series on National Geographic called Trafficked. Um, and each episode is kind of different things. She has one on um, like weed, one on I think like Oxycontin and stuff like that. I believe that you're called The Perks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she has an episode on black market plastic surgery. Um, and in the episode, she notes how cities like Atlanta and Houston, um, women will seek out black market injectors in order to achieve this BBL look. These women are mostly women of color who are sex workers and rely on the appearance of their bodies to make an income and trans women who can't afford legal plastic surgery to achieve the body that they feel comfortable in. It's often marginalized individuals who are most affected by these incredibly dangerous practices. There's and it's like, can you even fucking blame them? No, no, of course you can't. Like you cannot blame these individual people. And, I'm, and, and throughout this entire thing, please keep that in mind. Like you cannot blame these individual people for seeking out these incredibly dangerous method methods because there's just so much pressure to do it especially for sex workers yeah. strippers um trans people I like even think about like that gastric bypass surgery mm -hmm. are you getting into that uh i'll briefly talk about okay. it later but it's the same kind of like principle of like you know in i only really heard about that they're like a lula road documentary of all fucking things but just like that <laughs> that um, like white women or like moms in general, like middle-aged moms will want to go across the border to get gastric bypass surgeries to make themselves skinnier because like, like people are just so cruel to women who age and women who have maybe have had kids who have, who, are, who work and like, mm -hmm. you know, don't always have time to have these like super high like gym regimens yeah. or have time to go to the, you know, to yeah, go to get food. The children. <laughs> Do you and, know how time they probably have kids like are? the the eating disorders that their mothers gave them, yeah. that their mothers gave them, and their mothers gave them. Like that's passing down forever. So like of course they're gonna go and go and get this kind of like sketchy surgery to reduce their stomach in half. Yeah, and like to make it so they will forcibly and like I don't. I'm not like I don't I mean I kind of pity them because I'm just like I'm sorry that like you thought that this was like the only way that you could be happy is yeah. to go and like kind of get like a sketchy ass surgery to reduce the size of your stomach in order for you to feel better about yourself like I'm sorry that it, it's had to come to this yeah um so black market injectors are called pumpers um and this is a like incredibly illegal practice where everything's done in cash under the table, you know, it's maybe like the injections are done in like a sketchy hotel room um, because there are severe consequences for the pumpers if they're caught. There's usually guns in the room while being injected. There might be under other individuals in the room um, who act as like a threatening presence um, because if this is like a setup in some way where maybe the person who's getting injected is either coming to rob them um, because they're carrying so much cash on them because everything is done in cash. Um, or if it's a setup to like get them arrested because they're doing something highly illegal, like it, it, it's incredibly dangerous. So of course they're taking these preventative me measures to like basically threaten these individuals that like, if you speak out about this, if you go to anyone else, if you like give my number out to, to anyone and like reveal me as a pumper, like there are going to be consequences. What is, what is pumper? The pumper are the like injectors. They are the, the pumpers are the people who are giving the black market injection. So like it, it's not a BBL. So a BBL is a fat transfusion where they will go in and like take fat from like quote unquote undesirable areas like your back or your stomach arms. and then re-inject it. Yeah, your arms and re-inject it into your ass. And that's like the Brazilian butt lift. 
Um, but the pumpers are basically like there to give the appearance of a Brazilian butt lift, but they take silicone and they just inject it into your ass. So you're literally just getting like silicone and expanding in your ass. Um, and that's, that's what these people are doing. Sorry. I totally did not explain that. Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. Just because like, Sorry, this is gonna sound like the most random place for a name drop, but one of my um, one of my friends has recently like been in the hospital for a while, and um, one of the things like she had an, an infected bite, and so the the problem was though is like it had swole, like it swelled, mm-hmm. and they kept trying to give her like pain meds, but they're like, there's no more room, like we can't, like your hand has already swollen to the size that your hand is going to swell, like we cannot just like keep injecting you with things, like you'll break, mm-hmm. and the concept of just like not removing anything from anywhere else, but just, like, shoving implants where, like, mm-hmm. where is that going to go? Mm-hmm. Like, how incredibly painful this sounds. Well, and the appeal of it is that, like, you can see the um, results. Immediately? Yeah, immediately. Uh... Because you're, cause you're just, like, pumping silicone into it. So, and, and here's the thing. There's no numbing. There's, there's no numbing, so it's just straight needles. Um, <laughs> if you're lucky the pumper might have medical experience. Like maybe they have nurse experience or maybe it's like a doctor who got disbarred or whatever. That's, that's lawyers. What do doctors do? They, they get sued. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, um, they you, wonder you know, why. like, if you're lucky, they might have medical experience, but a lot of times, like these are just people trying to make a quick buck. Um, and because of that, because this is all illegal, you don't know what they're injecting in you. It might be medical grade silicone. You hope that it's medical grade silicone, but like there's no guarantee. Um, And injected silicone can not only like if you inject it into the wrong place, there are horrific consequences, including death, um, but it also migrates. So even if it's injected in the right place initially, it can still migrate to your heart and you can have a heart attack. Uh, it can migrate to your brain. You can have a stroke. You can get infections of the injected site. Um, there's something, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, um, but there's something called like silicone rot where basically the body tissue around an injection site will just die. Um, so that's a problem that happens. Um, yeah. So in 2015 in Texas, a woman named Waikisha Reed, who was 34, was found dead on a massage table in an otherwise completely empty building after she had been injected with industrial grade silicone, which had entered her veins, traveled to her heart, and got trapped in her lungs. She had undergone black market butt injections and had no idea that it was industrial grade silicone that was entering her body. Um, So both of the people in this specific circumstance, like, were found and they were charged and... um, you know, arrested. But um, that's unfortunately, like, a very serious thing that, like, like can happen in, in these situations. Like, you know, there, there's no really often, like, medical training happening around this. And then obviously, like, like, she was just left on the massage table. Like, they just packed up all their shit and left and got the fuck out of there. And one of them called the police and, and told them to come, which is like, okay, like, I guess that's good, but like yeah. there it, it's just like a very serious thing and again it is mostly at least the black market like injections are mostly affecting marginalized women. It's yeah. affecting trans women who can't afford traditional plastic surgery or maybe or even they can't. Yeah, or maybe even get laughed at when they try and pursue it. Yeah. Um in in this documentary, they actually interviewed one of the pumpers who was a trans woman and who did have medical experience and was getting medical grade silicone. Um but they show the whole procedure. It, it it's it's a really fascinating episode, I will say. It's on Hulu. It's available on Hulu. Um but she talks about because they interview her and and she talks about how like she had um illegal like injections and it helped her feel more comfortable in her own skin and and more comfortable like as herself and she was like i i never imagined myself doing that but like 
I want to help people in that way. So, you know, it's, it's not like always this malicious intent where people are like just doing it for money and they don't yeah. give a fuck about these other people. Like sometimes it is, but like there, there can be, you know, obviously positive intentions, but again, like that doesn't always mean everything. Yeah. Um, so historically shit like this has been happening literally for centuries. Uh, yeah. Um, in the 19, or not, sorry, in the 1890s, oh. um, there was an Austrian surgeon, Robert uh, Gersony, um, who he's kind of accredited with like the first like breast augmentation. Um, so he would perform breast augmentations by injecting paraffin wax in Vaseline. Um, what type of five minute crafts? What is, what is this? Is yeah, this so it's just melted wax and Vaseline. Um, and of course, the end result was not ideal. Um, the breasts would become hard and lumpy, 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 and lumpy, and susceptible to infection. And um, the paraffin could actually cause tumors, which would lead to cancer. Um, and then in the 1940s, during World War II, Japanese sex workers would steal industrial silicone from the docks of um, Yokohama and inject it in their breasts to appeal to Western beauty ideals and like in an attempt to do better trade with the occupying U.S. forces. Uh, this, of course, had na- nasty side effects, including the silicone rot, which I which I spoke of. Yeah. Yeah. But of course... Even when these procedures are done, you know, quote unquote, legally, they're still not always safe. Um, And like most, you know, lucrative business practices, money becomes more important than the safety of the patients. Um, According to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, from 2017 to 2019, BBL procedures grew by 38%. Now, that number did drop by 22% in 2020, but like that's likely because of COVID because no one can get a BBL when there was COVID. Um, and because of this increase in Thanks demand- Thanks a lot, liberals. <laughs> because, of this, because of this increase in demand, unethical plastic surgery centers have started popping up like everywhere. Booming locations like Miami, Turkey, and the Dominican Republic um, have created medical tourism industries in these places. So mm. Miami is the US's cosmetic surgery capital with eight plastic surgeon surgeons per 100,000 residents. I really would have thought it would have been LA. No, no, Miami. Yeah. It's literally because there's more loopholes in Florida. So they what can do these What good things. has Florida done for the sake of the nation? <laughs> if we just sawed it off into the ocean, what would we lose? Disney World? They can, I'm sure Disney would also like to saw themselves off <laughs> in like an island separated from Florida. Maybe just be separate. Um, and keep in mind, that statistic is from 2018. Ah. So I can only imagine that over the last five years, that number has grown. Over the last five years, I just start blasting the last five <laughs> years album. That'll make me feel better. Um, Turkey is another huge spot for medical tourism. Um, when I think of Turkey, I don't know if this comes up on your For You page at all, but it would come up mind of girls going to Turkey to get nose jobs, like specifically like rhinoplasties. Um, but they don't worry. They do everything else as well. Um, so Turkey is another huge spot for medical tourism, attracting nearly 600,000 people for health services in the first half of 2022, Whoa. according to the website of USHAS, the has a little Turkish thingy on it. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Sorry. Um, a Turkish state-owned healthcare company. Um, the International Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery ranks Turkey among the top 10 countries performing the most popular aesthetic surgeries, including, not limited to, breast augmentation, eyelid surgery, yeah. tummy tuck procedures, liposuction, and rhinoplasty. Turkey also ranks fifth for the total number of aesthetic procedures carried out in 2020, which is like, 2020, damn. Um, at so imagine 2020 during the pandemic, Turkey had just short of 950,000 procedures. That's almost a million aesthetic procedures in 2020 that was done in Turkey. Uh, like at that point, like how deep does the desperation for that shit go? Like how deep does fat phobia? Does mm-hmm. honestly like. Uh, I know, like, a lot of times, like, I keep seeing this online where it's like, not everything is anti-Semitic, you fucking crybaby whiny liberals, but, like, at what point, like, how many people, like, I've seen, I keep hitting not interested because they kept making my heart sad, but, like, like, I also got, like, nose job videos, and all yeah. the comments were like, you look so much better, like, and before, it, she, like, the, the girl would have, like, a crooked nose, mm-hmm. or, or, like, a, like, an like angled nose. nose. Yeah. Or, yeah. or like, a, like, a, an, uh, the, a European-looking nose, mm-hmm. And on the con- you have a little dorsal bump. I have a dorsal yeah. bump. Yeah. And like, 
And sometimes people even like comment under someone with like a unique nose and be like, have you considered getting a nose job? Be honest. And I'm like, at what point is that not anti-Semitism? At mm-hmm. that point, is it like, and just this idea that like, you know, a Jewish girl when she turns 16 has to get a nose job for her 16th birthday where it's mm-hmm. just like, how deep does that level of self-hatred go where you would risk like at the time, at the height of 2020, what you might consider like a life-threatening disease. You're like, no, I need to get rhinoplasty or I can't live with myself. I need mm-hmm. to get breast augmentation like for the sake of my own sanity it's like how deep does your own hatred of the way that you look yeah you can't even postpone it it can't wait Mm -hmm. yeah well and and especially like a lot of these locations obviously know that like people are flying from all over to get these like procedures cheaply so a lot of these centers will offer surgery packages which will include flights accommodations and the surgery itself um there was a woman from the uk who went to turkey for a gastric sleeve operation and paid 3250 pounds for all of that for flights accommodations and the surgery and the center also flew (laughs) through in free teeth whitening and botox as part of the package they just threw that in there as a little extra um keep in mind a gastric sleeve so a gastric sleeve oh my sleeve A gastric sleeve operation um, at the Mediterranean Weight Loss Clinic, which was uh, the clinic that offered this package, is 3,100 pounds. Whereas at a private practice in the UK, the same operation would be 10,500 pounds. So like you're literally paying a third of what like you would be paying um, at a a, a traditional center like in the UK. I just don't understand why they would like... You can't. I get that, like money's money, but like I'm like, cause I'm like, I'm like, what type of doctors would agree to do it for that low unless they're like bad? Yeah. So it makes you wonder how <laughs> is it? I'm so glad you said that. I'm God, so glad you brought that up. Uh. How is it that certain locations can provide the same exact surgery for a third of the price? Because Big Pharma hasn't gotten there yet. Checkmate. Uh. Check up. Lib. <laughs> um. Bah. Well, it's giving sheep. At these locations, doctors are performing six to eight surgeries a day. Um, Experts say that three to four, like BBLs, is the maximum number of procedures a doctor could safely perform in one day, as one procedure takes a minimum of three hours. So if to correctly do this procedure, it's taking a minimum of three hours, you literally could could not do eight surgeries a day. It is impossible. So what a lot of these places do is, because th- the, the thing is, there's some law where like, at least this is in Miami. I don't know how it is for Turkey or, you know, these other countries. But like, at least in Miami, um, the law is that like a doctor has to be present during the entire procedure. They have to be supervising the entire procedure. They don't necessarily have no. to be doing no. it. No, no, no. But they no. just have to be supervising oh, it. no. So a lot of times at these places when they're performing six to eight surgeries a day, the medical techs are the ones who are actually performing the surgery. And the doctor will just kind of pop in and out because they have so many rooms. They have so many rooms. So the doctor will just like pop into a room and be like, yeah, looks good. Pop into another room. Ah, you're doing great. And like might do a couple things, you know, might like close up the suture or whatever. But like it's not the actual doctor who is doing the procedure. Um BBLs are one of the most dangerous procedures that you can get done. Um, They have about one death per 3,000 procedures performed, and it has the highest mortality rate among um, cosmetic procedures. So similar to silicone injections, um, where like if you inject the silicone into the wrong place, um, you basically die immediately. Um, With a BBL, it's kind of the same thing. Now, the fat might not migrate the same way that silicone can, but if the fat is accidentally injected too deeply, it gets into the muscle or it gets into the veins, it can kill that patient almost immediately. Um, If something happens where a patient is injured or dies from a procedure at one of these like budget plastic surgery centers, they'll just change their name. Yeah, they they just changed the name. They'll keep the same location. There's this one center um, that Mariana talks about in the documentary where they changed their name three times. And I looked it up. They are closed now. They did like officially get closed. 
that doctor probably just opened a new center somewhere else. Like, I don't know. But they changed their name three different times. They claimed that it was for like marketing purposes. Um, but yeah, every time after they had changed their name, it was because one of the patients had like died. And I believe I'm this is off the top of my head. So I don't know, it might not be accurate. But I'm pretty pretty sure that between I think it was like six years, they had eight deaths at this one facility. That's more than one a year, yeah. dog. I had, when I worked at a doggy daycare for like three years, I had one dog die on me. Yeah. And that's dogs. Those are dogs. Some dogs are coming in like 20 years old, coughing and like wheezing. And I'm like, oh, you're not going to make the night. And then mm. they did. These are people. 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 Oh, yeah. Word. Um, and the dangerous thing with cosmetic surgery is that any medical doctor can perform cosmetic surgery without any cosmetic focus training. So you could be a pediatrician and practice cosmetic surgery without any additional education. Why? Yeah. Why? I, I don't know. Why? I don't know. Why? Um, so now there is a difference between, because I was, I was like, oh, sorry, little kitty just got scared. Cat got spooked. Um, there, there is a difference between cosmetic surgery and plastic surgery or like being a cosmetic surgeon and a plastic surgeon. There's like a difference, um, to be a like board certified plastic surgeon. That's when you're like actually undergoing training to like be a plastic surgeon. So like if you're considering plastic surgery, like make sure you are going to a board certified plastic surgeon and that you are doing your research and that you're not just going to like a cosmetic surgeon because it is possible that like they don't have any training. Um, a lot of times they, uh, they offer like weekend seminars that like doctors can go to and basically get kind of like, they describe in the documentary as like a cookbook of like how to do different procedures. But of course, everybody is different. Everyone reacts different to um, anesthetics. Everyone, like you, if something goes wrong, that cookbook does not have the answers. And that's where you kind of run into a lot of these problems. Now, all of this has, the rise in demand for BBLs has created the need for an entirely new business, which is BBL recovery services. Because... The doctors, so surgery centers are only legally required to ensure that the patient leaves the facility with someone over the age of 18. That's it. They're not really required any like post-op checkups. They're not required to like look after them at all. Like they, once the procedure is done, they just got to make sure that they're leaving with someone over the age of 18. Can you walk out? And We're like, good. yeah, job is done. Um, yeah. Other than that, there's no explicit regulations around aftercare for outpatient procedures. Um, so people who receive these procedures are referred to as dolls and all of the marketing for these recovery services refer to them as such. So dolls itself is like a winking embrace of the plastic in plastic surgery, an echo of Lil' Kim and Nicki Minaj referring to themselves as Barbie and by extension, <laughs> yeah, the little Barbie doll earrings um, and by extension, a rejection of the hush hush style of cosmetic surgery executed in private um, to achieve natural looking results. Because the whole thing is like, you don't necessarily want natural looking results. Like you want the BBL body. Um, so there are even less regulations in the post-op care industry, of course. So the presence of scammers and inadequately equipped caretakers is a widely known reality among workers. Some post-op care workers have licenses and certifications. They might be a registered nurse, um, you know, insured chauffeurs, trained masseuses, but these qualifications are not a legal requirement and are completely optional. Uh, Cause again, there's like no regulations for this stuff. Um, so many of these post-op facilities do their advertising through social media. Um, they have Instagram accounts where you can DM them and make your booking or they'll have like a WhatsApp number that you can text and like make your booking. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Every post is very clearly made through like a free Canva template. Um, and... So these places, a lot of them have like dorm style houses where you book your stay after your surgery. You can book like a shared room, a private room, or you can basically book just like day like care kind of, or like maybe if you live in the area or like you want to stay the night somewhere else, you can come there during the day and like be cared after. Um, these facilities offer, again, it's, it's like the, the full package, right? So they offer pickup and drop off from the airports 
transfer to and from your uh, your surgery, lymphatic massages, but that's, you know, an additional cost, of course, of course, meals, recovery IVs at an additional cost, etc. Um, so I have some of these Instagrams up if you want to look at them. Oh God. They're not like outwardly horrible, but it's just like everything is pink. Everything is very much done for like aesthetics. Like they're like, oh, look at this wonderful meal you can have. And then look at this lady in her fucking like full body cast. Um, they, yeah, post-op care in Tijuana. Um, a lot of these, this is the Bella Recovery House. I believe they have multiple locations. Um, so they're, you know, yeah, high dolls. Hi, doll. Literally, Hi gay. You open the page and it says high dolls. Like that is so ingrained in the marketing of these places. Bella Recovery House is your home away from home. Um, and and it because so many of these doctors and these procedures, this is a different thing. It looks exactly the same, but it's a completely, I'm, I'm showing a, a different Instagram page for a, a different recovery house um, in Miami. Oh, the Mother's Day sale? Uh, that. But also, what's going on? Oh, they're, um, so they, they have a Mother's Day deal. Um, save $200 on your remaining balance of your, uh, your stay. You can save money when booking five days for any future. Yeah, located in Miami and Houston. Um, yeah, this is like a video of just some of someone receiving the post-op care. It's after their procedure. They have the like blood bag that's going that like drainage bag that's going down them. They have a giant blood spot on their um the like compression shorts that they have to wear. She's walking with a walker because you you're in so much pain after this procedure. Um and she's laying down in this video you you can't sit down. You can't sit down for, I, I don't know how long it is, but like you cannot sit on your ass after this procedure. So to transport them from the procedure back to the like care house or whatever, they literally have like, it's like a van and they have the seats folded down and there's a bed laid down and they just lay down face first on the bed so that they're not putting any pressure on their butt. Um, and that's how they like take them from the procedure and it's just like all of this just feels so dystopian to me like i i don't know it it just feels so crazy like the lengths and the risks that people will take to achieve this this standard of beauty and again i don't place any of the blame on these individual women, especially with like mothers who's like you said earlier, like mothers whose bodies have changed from, oh, I don't know, giving birth. Like they're told that their stretch marks and like their additional body fat is disgusting and that like they've really let themselves go. Like, of course you would want to get your mommy makeover. That's a completely different package that you can get. You can get the tummy tuck and the breast augmentation. And that's your mommy makeover. So you can have like your, you know, pre-birth body back or whatever. Like, of course you want to feel desirable. You want to feel confident. You want to feel like yourself, but it's just so unfortunate that like, in these situations, there are so many people who will take advantage of these people and their insecurities, milk them for money, um, and make situations that are already dangerous even more reckless and even more careless. Um, and it's just, I don't, just very, I don't know. It's, it's very weird. Like, I really, like, can't even, I feel like fully articulate my feelings on this topic because again like we talked about in the um other the other episode the um let me be grotesque in peace like i i i can never say that i'm never gonna get botox i can never say that i'm never gonna get a nose job i can never say like i you know i don't know where i'm gonna be in the future I, if i give birth who's to say that i'm not gonna get a tummy tuck like i i don't know i don't blame these people you know but like it is just very scary um the the situations that you can end up in because society has told you that like your body is undesirable yeah i think what got me because like beforehand like the the scary stories of you know the hotel room with the guns and the and the handling of cash like that's about what i expected what really tickled the the dystopian bone in my body was the instagram pages where they're just like out and proud like if, if you're gonna do something shady at least have the fucking decency and gall to do it in a shady hotel room under the fucking mm -hmm. you know cloak of night 
by by threat of violence what you don't want to do is make a public instagram page where everything has like this bright ass like bubblegum pink powerpuff girls aesthetic and you have all these women Mm -hmm. and this like you know you know again where i'm like you can totally tell if a if a coffee shop has been gentrified because they have the fucking fake ass green wall with the pink neon sign that's like you do this for you bestie yeah that aesthetic you have these nurses in like green like not green but like pink scrubs that are just like handling these like very like like um fragile women right now and like i'm talking like literally like they can't walk mm-hmm. and it's just having everything be like you know with sparkles around it with like that really easy like you know um like corporate approved like aesthetic to it that's what that's what gets me the the vibes where i'm just like dude like at least like it's like you're proud of this and like you're you're cutesifying it up what in, indeed you are participating in like a potentially horrific circumstance and then they just have like the same aesthetics as like girl wash your face yeah yeah and these are these are the instagrams of the um like recovery houses but they transfer to and from the surgery so they know yeah. exactly like where they're going and oh no these these yeah exactly these these businesses have have propped up and their prices are of course in like relatively affordable most of their prices are frankly cheaper than like a fucking hotel room like they are very much taking advantage of the fact that a lot of these women don't have a ton of money and have maybe saved up specifically for the surgery. Um, And they are, you you know, best case scenario, you know, these are certified nurses, they're licensed, you know, RNs or whatever. And like, hopefully they genuinely really do care about the well-being of these individuals and they just want like their post-op to go as smoothly as possible you know that's like best case scenario but it, it is yeah the the like yossification of like recover from your life-threatening surgery is just like for what? a low 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 price <laughs> it's like what the fuck what and the happening? dystopian thing isn't even like because you know like they have like you know uh it's not like an ambulance is going you to and from like a recovery home or like an especially approved vehicle uh, uh-huh. where you can lay face down because they've in- in- engineered like an actual like medically safe way to get like a stretcher in there like no it's just someone's fucking van that they've scooted the front seats down that you just get to sit face down with like a pillow mm-hmm. and like like would that and would that not make you feel like you've like I hope I didn't just get, like, I woke up and I'm like, oh, God, I have a fat ass. Hope I still have both my kidneys. Hope those aren't sold somewhere on, like, a black market type of situation. Hope I'm in a safe place. And it's just, like, it's the the combination of, like, the rudimentary um, materials and and the transport to and from. And, like, the fact that it's all very clearly, like, amateurish and not at all, like, medically grade, like, medical grade approved. Mm -hmm. And then they sell it like it's, like, a vacation package. And you're so right. It is just, like, the girl boss filter on Canva where it's, like, do you want to make a girly business, like, post on Instagram? Do you want, like, pink and flowers and, like, that Uh retro, And glitter and rainbows? And it's, like, come, come, hi, dolls. This reminds me of the, the Trixie and Katya. The, Hi, gay. This one wasn't funny. I My oh, thing wasn't yeah. funny. No, Your sorry. thing wasn't funny. Where's the funny? We forgot the funny. Damn it. <laughs> I knew I was missing something. <laughs> I knew I was missing a crucial part. A crucial ingredient in this podcast. Now it's me. I'm going to be the fucking plumper trying to shove comedy into a place where there's not <laughs> enough room to fit my fucking industrial grade silicone jokes. And I accidentally make your arm too big and it goes directly to your and heart. And I die. Um From laughs. Uh, point and laugh, everyone. Point and laugh. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was. I mean, hopefully, an educational one. I I find it interesting. Definitely, um, it's also unfortunately very sad. Um, <laughs> Dude, I cannot wait to watch this video back just to see my face of horror. I tried. To yeah, keep this it, was. I tried to keep a pretty pretty neutral face. Didn't yeah. work. It didn't work. No. I tried, boss. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, this one. This one was definitely. F- full of horrors from start to finish <laughs> so sorry so sorry guys um sorrows but sorrows prayers prayers sorrows um yeah hopefully i don't know maybe you learned something I maybe don't know. you'll learn something maybe um i read a lot of very fascinating articles a lot of them were from like vox and vice um, but you know what? They have hard-hitting investigative journalism. Um, no, but they, they are, like, one of the few places that, like, actually talk about plastic surgery in this way. Because I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of, like, 
quote unquote, like credible or, you know, more mainstream news sources, like really only speak on specific instances and they don't actually talk about like the situation as a whole or, or the, um, business practice as a whole um so yeah i read lots of really interesting articles and again that like uh episode i it's it's a documentary it's like 50 minutes um but it is part of like a series um that one's really interesting and she also has other really great episodes that i've also watched that are oop sorry hit the microphone um that are very interesting so i will have all of that linked below including the Miley Cyrus clip, if you would love to see the hilarious reactions of Rihanna and One Direction. So that will all be that will all be below or in the in Yeah, the I guess like my description. My, my final thoughts are like, you know, no you can have the way that you feel about plastic surgery all you want. Just like I can have my own feelings about it as person to person. Shocker. But what I am going to say is that if you do decide that this is something that you do need to have done, that at least you have the wherewithal to realize that if you want this to happen, get it done, not in like get it get it done somewhere where you again you know it's going to be safe like i get mm-hmm. that you know if push comes to shove and like you need you need the bbl and you i need a, it's my bbl and i want it now I, it's so easy to just like drop a couple hundy and just go in like a, a different country just get it done mm-hmm. but like can't you just do it where you, at least you know that if you're going to die the practice will be shut down and the doctor will be sued at the very least yeah yeah um I did also forget to just one final horror for this episode. Um, A lot of these like budget plastic surgery centers do layaway programs where you can pay monthly to pay off your BBL because they know that people can't afford to pay it up front. Like they, like it's, it's, it's literally such taking advantage of people who who that's all that's that's all that they can afford um which brother frightening um yeah thank you for listening we we hope you enjoyed um we are on spotify apple podcasts and youtube um thank you for listening and we will catch you next week catch you on the flip side love bye